I want to talk to you about something very deep. Something the Lord has unveiled, I believe, to my eyes, my spiritual eyes, starting about a month ago, but now it's crystallizing. You know, you can read this Bible your whole life, and then you're learning new stuff every day, right? You walk with the Lord, you learn new things. I want to talk now about what it really means to live an overcoming life, how it works. How does it actually work that we can live Christ-like lives, overcoming the world, the flesh, and the devil, the voices and temptations of the world, the desires and downward pull of the flesh, and all the devil's devices? We've already established by taking communion that we're all clean before God through Christ. Am I right? But as you know, the scripture teaches us over and over again that God not only saves us, but he wants to conform us to the image of his son. That's the will of God for all of us, that we would become more like Jesus. In becoming more like Jesus, what does that mean? That means victory over anger, victory over resentment, victory over stealing, victory over Prejudice, victory over uncleanness, victory over every kind of thing. But for many believers, as we know, they're accepted by God, they're Christians, but they're not just living without the victory God wants them to have. I'm now seeing we're not even on the right track. We're using biblical words, but how does that work out in reality? For example, you know, just trust the Lord. I know how, with what, for whom, for what. Now we know that just as we're justified and accepted by God through faith, I'm only going to be sanctified or made holy or become Christ-like by that same way, not by self-effort, but by faith. Are we all together on that? The just shall live by faith. Obviously, this is not just not written down on notes. I haven't done that in about eight or nine years, but this is coming from my heart, but I felt peace upstairs. Just put the verses up and I'll give you words to say about what I'm teaching you and that you should share with the congregation. So you with me on that? So it's a little rough around the edges. Hey, what can I tell you? So let's just look at some verses. This first one is found in John. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. The words I want you to notice are, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak. And then later he said, I only do what the Father has taught me or shown me. All right, here's another verse. Romans 6, 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. I'm going to share something with you, but let's just look at the obvious meaning of that. If we by faith died with him on the cross, we know Jim Cimbala died with Christ. His sins, Jim Cimbala, the whole mess that I am. I died. I put my faith that Christ died for me. I'm united with him by faith. 
if I'm united with him in his death, then I'm also going to share in his resurrection power one day. Am I correct? And I'm going to be raised. We're all going to be raised up. We also bring out from that verse often, just one half, but follow me, concentrate. We also bring out, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal body by the same spirit that raised him from the dead. So that Darrell now can live different through resurrection power, right? Do we all agree on that too? Not just the final resurrection, but resurrection power now. Are we all together on that? But we've left out something else there, which we're going to go back to. Now, here's another verse. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, capital S, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Those who live according to the flesh. He's writing to Christians who have their minds set on what the flesh desires. In other words... The flesh is sending impulses to their minds. That's what the flesh does. Sends impulses to the mind so you think fleshly, worldly, carnal thoughts. But those who live in accordance or by the Spirit, with the Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Let me give you another verse that's not in here. Walk in the Spirit, capital S, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? Walk in what? That translation also could be walk by the Spirit. In other words, don't walk by the flesh. Don't let the flesh lead you. Let the Spirit lead you. If the Spirit leads you and you're walking in that realm of the Holy Spirit, if you're walking by the Spirit's impulses and thoughts and directives, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh because you're in another world. You're in a world that's opposite to the world of the flesh. One last verse, and just bear with me. For through the law... I died to the law so that I might live for God. Through the law, the commandments, don't do this, do this, don't do that. Paul says, because I'm a Christian, I've died to that law. The law is not the thing I think and dwell on. I'm not trying to live a good life. That's not my goal. Through the law, I died to the law. I'm separated now from the law. The law was fulfilled by Christ perfectly for me. That righteousness has been given to me. It's mine. That's my position before God. I, my sins were given to Christ. His righteousness, his fulfillment of the law was given to me. So through the law, after my constant attempts to try to obey it, I died to the law. Like, forget about it. You can't say that, Pastor. The law is the law of God. I know, but Paul said it. I didn't say it. Through the law, I died to the law. Why? Because through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. So he now contrasting, am I living for the law and the commands or am I going to live for God? Am I going to live for commands that were written in stone or am I going to live for a living God? You can't do both. You can't be following God, living for God, but then also living for the law, the commands. In fact, the commands were given, we've learned through Romans, the commands were given to kill us, condemn us, Make us all guilty, shut every mouth in the building, nobody's righteous, no not one, so that we stop trying and get helpless and fall into the arms of Jesus. That was the purpose of the law. The commands are good, it just has no juice, it has no power to change us. 
It just goes to our mind and keeps saying, do it. Why didn't you do it? You're guilty again. There you go. And then we promise we'll obey it. And it's a deadly cycle. So through the law, I die to the law so that now I can live a different whole life. Christianity is not a better Old Testament life. It's an improvement on Judaism. No, it's a totally different life. I have been crucified with Christ. Now we're going back to his death. And I no longer live. Well, if you're no longer living, then who's walking around every day doing that preaching? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. What Son of God? The one who lives in me through the Holy Spirit. Do you follow this? We also live in faith that He's seated at the right hand of the Father and He's making intercession for us. But that's not what Paul is saying. He says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me through the Holy Spirit, obviously. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So let's go back. Lord, just help me. Jesus says something which God wants to change in all of us by following Jesus' example in this. Jesus reveals his source. His source was not him. His source was the Father. I'm helpless. I get my thoughts from the Father who lives in me. I get my directives, I get my words from the Father who lives in me. I get my actions. Don't condemn me for what I did. I'm not doing it. I am doing it, but it's not me. It's my Father who's working in me and living in me. Is that correct so far? That's absolutely correct. So what God wants to do as he saves us and conforms us to the image of Christ is he wants to change our source. Not trying to obey commands. Go way, way, way below that. He wants to change the source from which we live. No longer the flesh that tries to obey the law, but the Spirit who is Jesus living in me, that He becomes my everything. He's the source of my thoughts, my desires, my cravings, my everything. That's why Paul says, Christ who is our life. For I no longer live. Christ lives in me. No, you're still living. No, I'm moving around, but it's not like before. Before it was Paul trying to obey the law, trying to be zealous. Now I died. I'm done for. And now the only one who's living through my body is him. He's everything. Christ is my life. I'm live. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Oh, how many would love that life that Christ lives in us? Every moment. Just like Jesus had a source... The Father, Paul is telling us now, He doesn't want you to just wipe away your sins so you try harder to obey Him. He wants you to go down for the count so He can be everything, your very life. What is life? Thoughts, desires, cravings, decisions, thoughts, everything, reactions. Paul says, I no longer react. Christ reacts in me. I no longer think. Christ thinks through me. Didn't He say we have the mind of Christ? He's everything. That's what it means to walk by the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. When Christ is dominating and controlling and giving me my thoughts and my desires, how in the world can I be seduced by what the flesh is involved in? I become dead to that, not because I'm trying to kill myself, but because I'm caught up with another life. 
Just like people who are in the flesh and carnal and sensual and money-driven and hateful and all of that. that The life of Jesus is as foreign to them as the East is from the West. You could tell them about it. They don't even know what you're talking about. There's no desire. There's no craving because they're in the flesh. But a person who Christ is dominating, Christ is living, creating thoughts, creating desires, those things lose their appeal. Because now you have a new desire. You're getting desires of Christ. Christ lives in me. In other words, God, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Think of what that means. God lives in you. What does He live in you? Just so you can quote it? Or does He live in you so He can take charge of everything? Come on, let's say amen to that. He can take charge of everything. I know, Pastor Simba, that sounds great. But how do I mortify that flesh? Because that flesh is just coming at me all the time. I see the promise, but that flesh is just like, hmm. So now listen. If we share in his death, we're going to share in his resurrection, his life, right? As I yield and as you yield to the Spirit of Christ that is in us through the Holy Spirit, He is not just the Spirit of resurrection. He is the Spirit of crucifixion. He just doesn't give life. He gives death so we can have life. Not just historically He dies and then we rose again and we can know I'll die and I'll raise. But right now... By letting Him be everything, He's the only one who can crucify our flesh. He's the only one who can help us to die daily. How many times have some of us tried to die in ourselves? But when the flesh tries to kill the flesh, it's messy business and you always leave something alive. But when Christ is living through us, He not only gives us, yes, resurrection power, but to get there every day, He gives us the ability to die to those things that used to attract us and possess us. We die to animosity. We die to those things that used to possess us. Why? Because His Spirit is doing it. Most people are trying to die in themselves so they can have His resurrection life. But you know, you can't even die in yourself. Am I speaking Greek or do you know exactly what I'm talking about? This is certainly my experience and certainly what Scripture is teaching us. When He is living through us and we're no longer living, then everything changes. Thoughts, desires, everything. Then you get a craving for the Word of God. You don't have to have somebody going, read the Word, read the Word, read the Word. That's good we got to encourage each other to read the Word. But when His Spirit is in you, it's a spirit of hunger for the Word. Am I right? Come on, let's say amen to that. His Spirit enables us to fill the commands. Always remember, for every command in the New Testament, I don't care if it's said by Jesus or the apostles, you have to not try to obey those commands. You have to go back and say, Now, God, be my source, be my strength, be my life, so that I can obey. Because I can't obey those in myself. Love one another even as I have loved you. Who could do that? Who's here going to stand up and say, Yeah, I'm going to work on that tomorrow. I'm going to love other people like Christ loved me. It's impossible. The only way you can do it is His love controls you. Now you see people through His eyes because He's looking through your eyes. Now you're showing mercy because He is mercy. He becomes everything. And notice how that humbles all of us. And that's no boasting allowed. How can you boast if it's, you're not living anymore? 
If Christ is living through you and me, how can we strut around and say, look at me? The minute you hear someone say that, you know Christ isn't living through them. Because when you know that he's everything, he's everything. Is he not everything? How many have found you can't do a thing without him? Come on. You can't even do a thing. Yeah, you can't even hunger for the word. You can't desire the things of God. So now, it's a whole thing on source. What's going to be my source? He purchased me. He put his spirit inside of me. And probably that is the most wasted truth now anywhere on the earth. He put his spirit inside of us so that he can possess us and live through us. And a lot of us are still trying to squeeze something out of the flesh. Notice, when his life is controlling me, Jim Simba is gone. Don't talk about Jim Simba. You don't have to go through what my father did to me. Because I'm free from that. That's the old Jim Simba, and he died. I know, but he was an alcoholic. I know, but that was Jim Simba. Jesus is my life, and he never had an alcoholic father. His father is perfect in heaven. Come on, how many get, see it? It frees us from all complexes. Come on. It frees us from everything. When Christ is your life. Christ is our life. So that's what I'm longing for now. I want to die by God's Spirit working in me. I want to learn how to walk like never before by the Spirit. I want to challenge all of you. You know what you need to do? We need to go to prayer to God today and say, God, teach me what that literally means. Teach me how to live out of my spirit. Last thought. You can't live this life I'm talking about unless you live out of your spirit, not out of your mind. Christ does not dwell in your mind. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Corinthians tells us. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. The Lord it lives in my heart once through the Holy Spirit, wants to unite with my spirit so that he controls my spirit. And I make decisions and reactions, not from my mind, but from my spirit, from my heart. Don't you know the difference between the two? Don't you, when you're faced with an alternative, you can just think quick and react out of your mind, or you can stop and feel after God in your heart. What does God want me to do here? What is God saying? What is God saying? Oh, it'll stop a lot of words. Stop a lot of reactions. Soulish people who are Christians are living out of their flesh mind thing, which is filled with the scars of life, the prejudices of life. So thus, they're Christians and they love the Lord. But what you're not seeing is so much Jesus. What you're seeing is their attempt to live a good life. But it's colored by all the junk that they've accumulated. God doesn't want to unravel your junk. He wants to kill it. It's dead. It's gone. Get out of here. Goodbye. Don't work with Jim Simbola. He's hopeless. All right. So now Christ is my life. Is that not freeing? Is that not a deliverance for all of us? Christ is our life. To live out of our spirit rather than out of our minds. Our minds are involved and we've got to renew our minds. But the mind has to become the servant of the spirit, not the spirit, the servant of the mind. Because Christ doesn't live in my head. He lives in my heart. Lives in my spirit. Now there's a fine art to that. How to live out of my spirit. How to feel after God and be yielding constantly. Jesus, live, speak, Jesus. Why do you think he was spending time all the time with his father in prayer? He was adjusting his spirit 
to his father's desires, words, wishes, so that whenever he did something, he would say, look, I'm not doing it. I mean, I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it. Don't condemn me. It's my father. He's my source. And now he's gone back to heaven, Jesus, and he wants to be my source for everything. Everything. This is where we need his strength to die to everything about us. Our plans, our reactions, our memories and all that stuff that are negative. And to die to all of that by his grace, him working in us so that his resurrection life can flow through us. I want that so badly right now. I want to be so much more like Jesus. You know, a lot of us aren't much like Jesus at all, right? We go to church, we leave the door, and we're not even 20 minutes out of there on the subway, and we're back to same old, same old. Am I right? And then we go, oh, I was in a prayer meeting, and what did I just say that for? And then we try to change the person who said those words. We're trying to fix up Jim Simbla. you got to get to the place where you're unfixable. How many have found yourself, you're unfixable? Come on. Come on, wave your hand at me. Don't be so proud. We're unfixable. And God knew that. So he not only washed away our sins, he said, I will give you my life to totally control you, not help you around the edges, because you can't do a thing. Did not Jesus say that? Without me, you can do what? Nothing. Abiding so that his life becomes everything. And then he produces fruit without trying to produce fruit. You're not even trying it. Look, I die to the law so that I could live to God. So that every morning we get up, we just commune with him. We talk to him. We worship Him. You know why devotions are good? It resets our source. You get running around. You lose contact. You lose that trust and the humility. And then you get alone with God. Oh, God, I worship you, Jesus. I commune with you. And as we worship and we wait, we readjust and He becomes our source. That's happened to me so many times. And someone says, I went to church and whoa, what a blessing. What really was it? We got reconnected to our source. But then what we do is we disconnect when we hit the number three train and we're now disconnected and we're back to that. And then we're back to repenting. And then Sylvia runs into something on her job and she says, why did I do that? And the Lord is saying, no, no, Sylvia, you're dead. Get out of the way. Let me just live through you. Just stay out of my way and let me live through you. Oh, how many want that? Give a loud clap, a loud clap. Close your eyes with me. Is there anybody here who just wants to spend a little time? Pastor, I got some besetting sins, besetting problem habits. I've tried. I love God. Pastor, why would I be in the prayer meeting if I didn't love God and want to live right? But I'm hung up and I see now it's because I still think that I have hope. I still think that I can like improve. Growth, spiritually, is not you changing and growing. It's just letting Christ take over more and more and more and more and more and more. And the most godly person is the one whose thoughts and reactions and desires and plans are all coming from that source of Jesus Christ. And then we look at them and we go, wow, that guy's special. What is it? Nothing special about him. He's learned to die daily so that Jesus can live daily. Oh, the flesh doesn't like to hear what I'm saying, but oh, flesh, be still. Be quiet. You're done. You're gone. Christ died to put you out of the way 
so he not only could forgive, but that he could take possession and live. Anybody here want to come up and just have us pray for you? I'd just love to stand with some people for a little while. Some people might want to race home. You can. But those of you who say, Pastor, God spoke to me while you were talking. I want him to teach me how to go down so he can go up. Like John the Baptist said, I must decrease, but he must increase. I got this habit. Just can't stop. I don't need victory over the habit. I I need his life controlling me. How could that habit be involved with him? How could those evil thoughts be involved with him? They can't. I want him to be my thoughts, my source for everything. We thank you, Father, that Christ is our life. Not just our Savior, our life. Through the Spirit, he is our life. Not to help us once in a while, but to be our life, our thoughts, our dreams. Not our dreams, His dreams. Not my will, His will. Not my reactions and my hang-ups and my complexes. His life. He has no complexes. He has no hang-ups. Christ is the only one who can set me free, but He sets me free by living through me. Satan will tell us it's too supernatural, it's too impossible. But I'm standing on the Word of God. The life that I now live, I live through faith in the Son of God who gave Himself for me. Nevertheless, I live, but I not I. I do not live. I do not live, Paul says. It's Christ who lives in me. He's replaced the old I. That guy is gone. He died when Christ died. Lord, teach us how to live out of a new source. It's momentary. No, no man can teach us how. You have to teach us, Spirit. It's moment by moment. It's breath by breath. Recollection by recollection. Humbling by humbling. Prayer time by prayer time. So that more and more every day... It's not I, but Christ. His thoughts. Lord, when we start to revert back to us, Jim Cimbala, give us that warning so that we can just stop and say, no, 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 that's... And just call out your name, Jesus, live through me. Think through me. Desire through me. Be strong through me. Bless people through me. Thank you that you want to be not just our Savior, but our very life. Shape us and conform us into the image, God, of your own Son, Jesus. And how else can that happen except that he lives through us himself? Nobody can be like Jesus except Jesus. So, Spirit of the living God, live through us. Lord, let these words that I've spoken from your word tonight, let them find a deep place in our heart. So simple, but that's the way you said it would be, except you become like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Give revelation. Help us not to struggle in our mind, but trust with our heart. Pray after me, please. Dear Jesus, 
Help me. Be my life. Be my source. Teach me how to walk by the Holy Spirit, not in the flesh. Even the flesh that tries hard to be good, let it die so that you can live. I give myself to you. Guide me step by step in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Turn around, hug someone. If you want to stay and pray here in the front, stay.